What is happening, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Backmarker Podcast. Back from a little COVID break. Uh, finally got to my voice and coughing under control, but not so much Bo. I'm sure you can hear him running around. Um, <laughs> but let's get started off. This is going to be a short podcast. Shorter, I think. Maybe. I don't know. But let's get it going. So... <laughs> the past couple races have been what MotoGP should be all about. Close racing, exciting racing, and just honestly, you know, not not no holds barred, but pretty fucking aggressive, pretty fucking aggressive racing. Um, you know, we last last week or was it last week? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, last weekend with, with Zarco overtaking his teammate. Uh, because Jorge decided that the soft tire was the way to go. Bravo. Um, and I'll be honest, I thought that there was a chance that Zarka was going to kind of protect Jorge Jorge's win. But obviously his rear tire was just so shot that there was really no chance. You know, it, it wasn't going to do Zarka any good. Um, but after this week... In in Thailand, I'm kind of starting to wonder if Jorge can really pull pull this off. Um, because it just seems like Peko is. I mean, he's not really throwing it away, but he's not really capitalizing on it, and his qualifying um, has shown that. Um, you know, last the week before in Phillip Island, and. The week before in Phillip Island, you know, he let Mark get to him and f- fuck up his his chances to get to get into Q two, um, and then this week it was just not more. It, it, it was just kind of lackluster. Um, and so I I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, if you would ask me a couple weeks ago, I would have thought that Jorge. Uh, I would have thought the roles would have been reversed. I thought that Jorge was going to be the one that was going to choke and Paco was going to be the one that was going to capitalize. Um, And so far, I'm being proven wrong. Um, But regardless of who wins the championship, this is going to be an exciting end to this season. Um, And obviously with Mark going to Ducati next year, it's, Probably not going to get any less exciting, um, especially when you're going to have possibly two, you know, three, three, three world title riders in Jorge, Peco, and Mark on a Ducati battling each other out for, you know, the 2024 season. Um, and then whoever else decides to to throw their hat in the ring, whether that be Bezeki or Marini, or, um, you know, someone else from outside, KTM with Miguel, um, and then possibly Brad, if he can stop being this generation's version of Cal, Cal Crutchlow. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be an exciting end of the season. Um, and I honestly don't know who's going to win it. I really don't. I think it's going to come down to, 
I think it's going to go, come down to either Jorge or Pecco having a really, really, making a really bad mistake and that being the end of it. I, I don't think, I don't think that, yeah, I, I, just, I, I think it's just going, going to come down to who's going to crack and it's going to come down to one big mistake and that's going to be it. That's how things can happen. Um, speaking of mistakes, Brad Bender. <sighs> it just seems like every time he has a chance to be on the podium in the race, he just he just fucks it up. Um, obviously, this one, this track limits violation was pretty clear cut. Uh, there wasn't really anybody else who did it, at least that we saw. Um, but it, you know, and I kind of hinted this a few minutes ago. He's this generation's. He's just. He's this generation's you know, version of Kyle Crutchlow. Um, he just every time he has a chance to get a good points place finish, capitalize on other people's mistakes or misfortunes, he just finds a way to fuck it up. Um, and you know it's. It's kind of frustrating because you see the we all see the potential that he has on that KTM. And he just inadvertently finds a way to just ruin it. Um luckily he was just demoted one place, but still, um it it fucked over more than just him because Jorge is now instead of Jorge lost four points to Peco. Um uh, and it's all because of something that was not even under his control and, frankly, should have never happened. Um, but it did. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how many more times Brad Bender has to learn this lesson uh, before he, you know, tries to not go so far, right so far on the edge, pun intended. Um, but yeah, and then finally, just to put it into all this to the MotoGP segment, um, I'm just I'm I'm having a hard time thinking that DG is going to go to Honda, um, and I've kind of talked about this with. With some people, and I and I kind of even made the the joke that if 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 Honda does hire DG, that they're they're going to go backwards. Um, but it sounds like they may not have a choice. Uh, Eker is staying in um, World Superbike with Honda. Uh, Zargo has said that he's not going to LCR, which is what I figured he was going to say. And then you know just. Kind of randomly, randomly, and I'm putting that in air quotes. Uh, Miguel, the Miguel Honda talks have just gone dark, just dropped off the face of the earth. Um, which you know, kind of says a lot because if 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 there was a chance Miguel was going to go to Honda, there would be at least a, some talk about it. Um, but it just went from. Rumor central to, like, you know, these are not the drones you're looking for. 
<laughs> um, so obviously there is a, there is a, a stipulation in his contract that he either didn't think was there, didn't know was there, or refused to admit that it was there. And Prilia had to remind him, "Hey, you're still with us now, or you're st- you're still with us, and we ain't letting you go." So yeah. Um. And and DG has obviously stated that he he's obviously been positive about his chances of staying in in uh, MotoGP. It's just I don't think this is the right fit. Um, I think DG needs, or I'm sorry, Honda needs someone that is able to develop the bike, turn things around, and I do not think DG is that guy. Um, he, I, I would love for him to prove me wrong. Um, but I just don't see him being anything more than just a failed experiment in MotoGP. And if, if Honda, if Honda brings him on to Repsol, I just, I don't see that as a positive mood move for them obviously it's, it's positive for dg because he gets to stay in f1 or f1 <laughs> he gets to stay in MotoGP. but in terms of honda in terms of honda being turning things around that is not the right choice now obviously they need someone in that seat um to replace mark and it just seems justifiably so. There's not really too many people who want to go to that seat. Um, and, you know, I've talked about this before, but I'll just reiterate it really quickly. That's, that's, and that is Honda's own fault as well as Marquez. He's, you know, that's, they're, they're being forced to sleep in the bed that they, that both of them have made. Now, obviously, Mark, doesn't have to sleep in it anymore, but Honda does, and I don't think I don't think Honda's going to forget that. Um, obviously, Alberto Puj, he's siding with Mark in this, and justifiably so, um, because everything that I've heard, um, and with him and his discussions with HRC, you know. They seem to just kind of ignore Alberto's um, input and requests to bring outside people outside of HRC and outside Japan in to try and fix things. So, so obviously he's he's frustrated, and he let it be known with his quote, basically saying that they he doesn't blame he he has no ill feelings or blame Mark for for leaving because. They never gave him the bike to be competitive, um, which again is half true and half false because HRC didn't did give him a bike to win, um, and he sabotaged it to where only he could ride, only he could ride. Um, but <clears throat> getting back on top on topic. Um, I don't know. I I honestly don't know if DG is going to be in Repsol. Um, 
it's sounding more and more like that's going to happen. And I don't think that's the right move. Um, in all honesty, it's... It's not the right move, but I think it's their only move. And as, you know... And I think the only thing that DG is going to be able to offer um, Repsol is data gathering. Um, I don't think he is going to be able to offer them much advice and guidance, but we shall see. Damn, we are we are moving along. It's 12 minutes. I'm already on F1. <laughs> so... Speaking of um, moves <laughs> or lack thereof, um, it's kind of a fucky race, to be honest <laughs> with you, um, in Mexico. Uh, obviously, the first lap, Checo uh, made a really, really careless move. Um, and normally, my stance normally... Puts blame on the guy in the middle of the three-way of of a three-wide situation, um, but Checo was the last to that party, and he should have seen Charles and Max, and he should have backed out. Um, so it'll be. In, I I haven't seen any penalties being handed down um, by the FIA, FIA against anyone. Um, Checo or Charles, um, and that's another issue that I'll talk about in a second. Um, but um, actually, let me remind myself on that because I forgot to add it in. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Checo, I I'm tending to to think that he's that he's sabotaging. He wants out of Red Bull. Um, that's why I think that that his his recent performance or lack thereof and his recent bad judgments and decisions. Um, I think he's, I'm not sure. I don't know whether to believe whether he's just having a really bad run of stupid moves and, and decisions, or if he sees writing on the wall and he's just making it easy for everyone to move on. Um, and I, I've talked about this before, so I'm not really going to go over it again. But that cult, the culture in Red Bull is not benefiting him. And I think that how he is being treated there is fucking with him in every way imaginable, both mentally, physically. Um, you know, it's just not a happy place for him. And as we see with Mark and, and Honda, you know, if you're not happy... Why stay? Um, he does have a contract for next year, but as we've seen with Red Bull, contracts don't mean shit. Um, so I'm just going to go out and say right now, I think um, Ricardo Ricardo's going to replace him at Red Bull. Checo's probably going to go to AlphaTauri um, unless they somehow work out a way to void his the last year of his contract. In which case, um, Liam goes to AlphaTauri, but I I just don't see Checo staying at 
Red Bull next year. Um, he's just made too many mistakes, whether it be intentional or unintentional, um, for him to stay there. Um, and obviously, if if Lewis overtakes him for second in the championship, he's definitely gone. I I, I don't see how that's even a recoverable. Um, I don't see how he can recover from that. If he doesn't, if Lewis doesn't overtake him and he maintains second place, then I think that there's maybe a slight chance um, that he stays. But in, you know, the more I think about it, the more I kind of talk myself into into these takes. Um, I think it really it really hinges on whether he maintains uh, second place in drivers in the drivers uh, points. So if he doesn't, if he if Lewis overtakes him, he's gone. If he's if 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 Lewis does if Lewis doesn't overtake him, then he may stay. There's a higher chance that he stays more than he more than he goes. Um, and speaking of fucked, <laughs> uh, Aston Martin, yeesh. Um, that's all I gotta say. It's just you know it's kind of. It's a little melancholy to see Stroll battling with Sargent. Um, but, you know, I don't feel sorry for... I don't feel sorry for Stroll, either him or his dad. Um, and I don't really feel sorry for the upper management. I feel sorry for the for the pit crew and and everybody who... Everybody else who has to basically follow... Follow the, stro- follow the Strolls and Cracks... And Whitmarsh's direction, um, because you know, obviously they don't have much of an input, but really punching above their weight. <laughs> um, yeah, be interesting to see um, see if see if Daddy uh, tells Son to go kick rocks. I think I think he should. I think he needs to, but we'll see. Um, and then obviously Charles Charles um, Charles's inability to convert pulls to wins. I think I I think I heard the F one broadcast team mention that he's had twenty two pulls and only four. Four of those poles were converted to wins. Um, now, obviously, there's not much he can do. Um, obviously, obviously, you know, Ferrari's pit, Ferrari's strategy has been shit. Their cars have been questionable at best. So, you know, that can play a hand in it. But I also think that Charles is hasn't really done himself any favors with uh, with some of the mistakes that he's made um, in a race when he's gotten pole or had a chance to get pole, for that matter. Um, going back to Azerbaijan um, a few years ago. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just interesting to see. It's interesting to see this, this kind of, Jesus, my fucking fridge breaking. 
um, it's interesting to see this narr- this narrative kind of grow. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. And then obviously the <laughs> the wing situation. Um, I was quite surprised. I'm sure I'm not the only one who was surprised that uh, that the FIA didn't throw the meatball flag at at him, at Charles and Ferrari and have them come fix the wing. Um, but, you know, this wouldn't be the first time this season that the FIA stewards have made a favorable, have made a favorable, favorable, Jesus, my own language sometimes is so hard, a favorable, uh, non-call and for, for Ferrari, um, and you know that just goes back to the favoritism that they that that they've pulled not just with Ferrari, not just with Red Bull, but with Mercedes too. Um, they're they're an equal opportunity favoritism uh, player. Um, and I'm sh- I would have loved to have heard the radio from Gunther Steiner and s- some of the people in Haas. Uh, when they saw the fat, when they saw the Ferrari's front wing end plate just fly off and nothing happened, well, a virtual safety car happened, but still, it's just like, you know, with Haas, their front wing end plate gets damaged, and it, it's it's at an angle, but it's not flapping around, and you know, they're told they're they're ordered to box and replace front wing, but you know, fucking Ferrari. Their their end place just dangling there. Everyone can see it's not going to last. And the FIA is just, I don't see anything. I don't see, look at that grass over there. Look at all these stands. Isn't that, oh, there's debris. I wonder where that came from. Uh, should probably pick that up. This virtual safety car. Let's pick that up. Um, nope, I don't see any red on there. That's just carbon fiber. Just random. Just fell from the fucking sky. Um, although they did say that they'll investigate it. Or lick into it after the race, um, but as of this recording, I haven't heard or seen anything about that. I doubt that they will. Um, but yeah, it's it's entertaining in a negative way to see the FIA is still up to their old shenanigans. Um, and speaking of shenanigans. And on a slightly, I don't mean to make light, lighthearted jokes about this topic. Well, actually, I do, but it still needs to be. Oh, excuse me, it still needs to be addressed and talked about. And that is the security issue um, that Murici or Murici. That Formula One is is kind of facing right now. Um, obviously, we all heard about the death threats um, from from the from the quote unquote Czech Checo fans to Max, um, and then we saw the videos of the fans fighting each other and all this and all this bullshit, um, and then so. <sighs> The the to me, and this is kind of obviously being an American, you know, we the American fans do we act differently than some of the other fans? 
Yes, we do. Do we fight? We are... We tend to be a little bit more violent and stupid than other fans, but also think that a lot of that has to deal with um, alcohol consumption um, more times than not. Um, I, I will wholeheartedly disagree with anyone that says that we are ruining F1. Um, in fact, they can go fuck themselves. Um, and I'm, people may say that I'm playing into that, to that narrative and they can be wrong too. Um, cause as we've seen, they're in Mexico and we didn't see any fans fighting at Coda or at Miami, um, you know, and I talked, and Zoe and I talked about this um, earlier, well, <laughs> yesterday at, at this point. Um, but stupidity doesn't know, stupidity doesn't recognize ethnic or borders, ethnicities or borders. So to blame, to blame one nationality is a bit careless. Um, now she was in, and again, Zoe was right in pointing out that Checo fans have, have had a history of being violent, um, if not physically, uh, verbally, um, and I think there's a line there, there, there's a line of criticism, banter, and heckling that should not be crossed. Um, booing fan, booing drivers, flipping the, flipping them off. To me, that's all acceptable. Um, making threats against them or or their fans, basically, basically threatening any kind of harm towards. Anybody else just based off of their who they follow, who they cheer for, or the team that they that they represent or drive for, that's that line. Um, the fans and the drivers and the team members should not feel they shouldn't feel they shouldn't they shouldn't feel like their lives are in danger going to a fucking sporting event. Um, and you know, death threats on social media, that's unfortunately that's become a thing. And we've seen, uh, Zuckerberg and Elon, if anything, um, fan those flames because negativity, um, (laughs) negativity, uh, creates more money. You know, kind of like that old saying, if it bleeds, it leads in the news business. And that, unfortunately, is still relevant. Um, and it's not just in news, it's in social media. Um, and we've seen that, you know, unfortunately, with the the atrocities that are going on in Gaza and Israel. Um, you know, people, all they want to talk about is uh, beheading children and raping and assaulting and and. Needless violence and murdering and assault and assaults. Uh, we're not talking about anything um, positive. Um, so, yeah. Um, but getting back on topic, 
F1 and social media need to do a better job of making everyone, fans and employees, both of F1 and the teams, feel be safe. Not feel safe, but be safe. Because um, there's obviously there's a difference between feeling safe and being safe. You can... Someone can be naive and or ignorant and go to a race and go go and go in the middle of a freaking a war zone and get shot. You know you can feel you can feel any which way you want to wherever you go. There's going to be people who who are going to feel feel like their lives are in danger no matter where they go, and there's people who are going to feel they're safe no matter where they go. But being being safe is what needs to happen. Um, Fans who create and incite violence should be banned for life. Zero, there should be a zero tolerance for that. Same goes for for fans who fight inside the racetrack, or inside inside the the grounds, or anywhere. If if you are going to an F one event, regardless of whether you're in the parking lot in a public transit if you're going to that if you're going there or if you're going to to the race or coming going back to your hotel or back home and you start a fight with someone over over that you you should be fucking done um there there is there should be fans should be fans should be able to be do what they want to do within reason. Like I said, booing, heckling, flipping, you know, booing and heckling to an extent that is okay. I don't have a problem with that. But when you start threatening, you start making threats and you start and you start and you create fights, start fights. That's where that's where that needs to end and it needs to be and it needs to be taken care of immediately and ex- with extreme prejudice like i said you incite or cause any violence whether it be on social media or in person at the track ban ban them for life um now, obviously, social media is going to be a lot harder to govern because, like I said, the Meta and Elon probably they they don't want they don't want to do what's right. Um, and quite frankly, I don't think F one wants to do what's right. Um, and Zoe, she brought up the whole um, stop hate and racism thing, and I and I. And I told her that that was just a publicity stunt that Lewis and some other drivers forced on F one, um, and and I and I truly believe that I believe that that message was hollow, um, and it and F one did that to make make their drivers feel make their make their driver make their voices heard. I don't think that it, that there was a plan or an end game to it, other than let's do this for a year and then and then just quietly just let it go. 
And that's pretty much what fucking happened. Now, obviously, kudos to Lewis. He's been the champion of that. But now he is alone. He doesn't have... He kind of has his. He kind of has Mercedes behind his back, but not to, not to the extent that that it was back when that whole message was was coming out. So, and the long winded version of what I'm trying to say is that F1 doesn't want to do the right thing because they because it's going to cost them money, whether that be money in terms of of uh, legal proceedings. Or fans boycotting the, the the wrong fans boycotting, or even sponsors being too weak um, to want to to be a part of that. And, and unfortunately, I think that's also true. You know, we see that play out with MotoGP mainly with how vanilla everyone is. But you know, it's all about sponsors. You you don't. You don't want to rock the boat. Even the slightest little, even the slightest little rock, they don't want to do it. And if F1 was to take the steps needed to make the, make so make the F1 environment both on social media and um and and physically on the track and in their demos and all that other shit if they if they wanted to to make think to to change things and make that environment safer and more welcoming and more accommodating it would cost them a t- it would cost them money it would probably cost them sponsors um and they don't want to do that cuz cash is king as we've seen with with the back and forth between um Soleiman and and uh, Domenicali and the rest of the F1 uh, fat cats. Um, but yeah, it's people just need to stop overreacting. People need to think twice, maybe even three times if need be, um, about what they want to say and do. Um, and if at, and even if after all that, you still think that fighting is the answer, then nobody, F1 doesn't need you. We don't need you. Nobody needs that. Nobody wants, there's, there's a majority of people don't want that. Um, so yeah. Um, and then, you know, just to kind of put a put a bow on this, you know, hearing hearing the fans boo Charles, and and that's kind of, and that was kind of the sad thing. That to me that was that was probably more sad seeing Charles just kind of like explain or just kind of say what the what 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 do you want from me? Like just the way he kind of pleaded with the fans was kind of pathetic. Not not just not for Charles, but just how fans react. Like to me, that was a if anything, that was Checo's fault. And he owned it. He even in the press box, he owned it. He said it well, he didn't really own it. We kinda he half-assed owned it, but he said it was a racing incident, which I don't see as a racing incident. I see that as um 
you fucked yourself over and you almost fucked Charles out of out of a good points haul. So if anything, you deserve a five second penalty along with the DNF. Um, but the fact that the fact that his fans felt like Checo was wronged and they felt so passionately about that that they wanted to just overwhelm the the broadcast audio with booze and it got so bad that Charles basically just had to plead with the fans like what do you want from me what what else could I what what do you want me to do in that situation that to me was you know just kind of sad and pathetic um you know and Charles isn't exactly someone who's controversial he's a likable guy I think he is anyway so you know that's just his nature and his personality um but yeah it's just like the knee jerk the knee jerk react the knee jerk society needs to just grow the fuck up um or at least st- or at least go in a lane that 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 works for him cuz obviously knee jerk reactions ain't are not it ain't working for him. Um, I think that's it. <laughs> All right. So let's try to end this on a positive note. Uh, let's see. What do we got here for racing? So, yeah, we have F1. We only have F1 next week at Brazil. Speaking of security, the the land of robbery. Um, <laughs> and then MotoGP is off for a couple weeks and then they start things back up at Sepang in Malaysia on the 11th. So next week, it will be all about F1. Um, oh, and Jessica... And I want to give a congratulations to um, for for the for the IMSA for their endurance racing. That was also a good fucking race too. Um, I'm actually post a clip on that, but I'm not sure. Um, but congrats to uh, Action Express Racing uh, for getting the championship, and a not so congratulations to uh, Meyer Shank Racing for winning the Petit Le Mans. Uh, go fuck yourself and glad you're out of GTP. Um, and a very, a very, a very, another melancholy moment. Um, congratulations to Corvette Racing on a very, very successful uh, a run in um, WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. American Le Mans series uh, before that. Um, this was their last race as a team. Um, and, and I just kind of thought about this as I saw it happen. Um, this is something that I know it's going to sound kind of weird, but I love about racing is that it's not, it doesn't follow the script. Because um, this was Corvette Racing's last race. Um and they didn't go out on top. They didn't even finish the race. 
unfortunately. Um, it sounds, it sounds like either their transmission um, or the differential, some, something that held fluid um, gave out. Um, so they didn't even get to finish the race. And unfortunately, uh, one of the longtime factory drivers, Antonio Garcia, um, he's raced with Corvette Racing for a very, 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 very fucking long time. Won a lot of races, a lot of titles. I mean, dude's got trophies. But he never won the Petit Le Mans. So um, would have loved to have seen him in Corvette Racing go out on top. But that's racing. Um, but yeah, it's so congratulations to everyone, uh, all the winners, except for MSR, go fuck yourself, um, for the Petit Le Mans, um, Action Express for a driver's championship, um, yeah, I, I, I forget who else, I forget who won the class, uh, the other classes, um, but yeah, so. Next weekend, we will de- we will talk about the Brazilian Grand Prix and whatever pops up on MotoGP um, during the week. And on that note, un- until next time, stay safe, and I'll catch you on the flip side.